Hi, it's just me, Nicola. Just before you listen to this episode, I just wanted to say the biggest thank you to every single one of you for listening to these stories each week. You are making my dreams come true. And if you are enjoying them, please, please subscribe and leave a review. It will really help us grow in the podcast world. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Inspire the Podcast with myself, Nicola Wills. Today's guest is a hugely successful entrepreneur and known to some as Mr. Abitha. His empire was founded in 1987 with his first bars Lineker's in Tenerife. This led to similar establishments opening across Europe, including the world-famous O-Beach Abitha. Having also appeared on Celebs Go Dating, he isn't afraid of the limelight. A huge advocate for the Down Syndrome community and a very proud dad and grandfather. Please welcome Wayne Lineker. Thank you. And uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. Oh, thank you so, so much. When we are sat here in the most beautiful, what feels like a Chinese garden, we're actually in San Antonio and Ibiza. This is one of your restaurants, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you could be anywhere in the world, really. Um, but yeah, um, there's a lot to thank Mr. Tony Truman for this. Um, he's very, you see his feminine side come out when uh, <laughs> when he gets very creative and, um, you know, this tree is beautiful and it's imported from Japan and um, or China, sorry, yeah. and um, yeah, it's uh, it just all fits well, and and I'm so proud of this venue. It's just so beautiful, and it's such a vibe. Um, yeah, it's just a very really chilled, relaxed atmosphere, and good food, and yeah. yeah, we're very proud of this venue. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And you opened this last year, is that right? Last year we opened. It went really well. I mean, this year the bookings have gone a lot more through the roof, as like, like we say, but. Um, yeah, so second out. year in business, is that a thing? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, the second year is the one, really. And the first year is the one to find your feet and start making a presence on social media, and um, which is my side of things, really. And um, and then the second year, you can always expect to be 30 40% up yeah. on the first year. Amazing. And that's what's happening with this venue at the moment. And I know that all of my friends go to O-Beach, and when they finish the O-Beach, it's like, what, a five-minute walk... Yeah, let's and you're that. here. Well, it depends how drunk you are, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's not far. It's yeah, come out and go left out of O Beach in your head. O Beach, Bambuku, Tiki One. So yeah, yeah, you're taking over the strip. Yeah, we've got a bar as well across the road. Oh god, amazing, amazing. And so we all know you. Social media knows you. The world knows you as this absolutely incredible entrepreneur, out there, loud and proud, fabulous man, having the time of his life. But let's take it back to the very, very beginning and find out all about you. So tell me, where did it all begin? It began in Tenerife in 1987. I opened my first bar called Lineker's. Um, at that time, my brother was incredibly successful and um, I happened to share the same second name as him. So I thought, I need to take advantage of this. And at that time, I was working on the fruit and veg markets with my dad and um, and the Big supermarkets start. Big supermarkets started opening. Your Asda's, your Tesco's, your Sainsbury's, the one-stop shops, which stopped people coming to the town centre for the fruit and veg. So it literally just died a death. And how old are you at this point? I was 26. Okay. Yeah, and um, I just thought I need to get out of this. And uh, so what, I thought, what can I do? And at that time, um, I'm Dwayne and Sean's mum, which was my wife then, I was. Um, parents lived in Tenerife and we used to visit all the time and I just thought to myself I really want to I really want to live here yeah. so I thought I, so then I thought what can I do so I thought I oh, know I'll open a bar and I'll call it Lineker's because it's my second name as well yeah. but 
Um, but yeah, Gary was super successful then, and uh, so yeah, it just it just evolved from there really. And and I've always been because of my upbringing on the market since I was since I was twelve. You know, I used to work weekends on the market since I was twelve years old, and I left school at fourteen. Why do you leave school at fourteen? Did something happen? It just wasn't for me. I mean, back back in the day, yeah. you know, you you could get away with it. You know, it's not like you can leave school at fourteen now. Yeah. But um, I just said to my dad, I just want to start my own business now. Uh, I want to I want to come full time with you on the market. He went, okay, if that's what you want to do. Um, and I was by my side, by dad's side all the time. He taught me how to deal with the public, how to see what the public want, and um, I think. Being a market trader is the best education you could get. Yeah. Uh, not if you're going to be a lawyer, yeah. but if you're going to be involved in my sort of businesses, which is looking after people, making sure they're having a great time, knowing what they want, it kind of worked. And it just one it went hand in hand with transferring from the markets to to a bar. So I opened a bar and... Um, and I can imagine you behind the market. Were you like a character? Yeah, two pound of bananas, 30. <laughs> Get your gums around me plums. All that. Yeah. So I was doing all that at 14 years old. I mean, by 16, my dad gave me part of the business. Um, so I had my own stalls at, at 16. At 18, I had 30 people working for me. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was so a great education. the entrepreneurial spirit has always been in you. Yeah, but I didn't realise it. Yeah. You know, at the time you don't. Um, but yeah, I was just given a great opportunity by my dad and I took it and, uh, yeah. And as as I say, I worked on the market till I was 26 and uh, it went really well. And then it just, it dipped a lot. And, uh, so like I say, I I needed to find something to do and I thought, why not open a bar and call it Linicus? Amazing. So at that point you were in a a stable relationship with... I was married at the time. Yeah. 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 Uh, How old were you when you got married? 22. 20, so very young, young, yeah. Young. But that's how it was. But. Yeah, I know, I know. My mum had two marriages at twenty by the age of 21. <laughs> well, actually, I was. I think I was 21 when I'm married. I Dwayne, Dwayne, my first son when I was, when we were t- or I was 22. Yeah. Oh, so you were 22, married. With a kid. But with a short child. And then the, and the pressure, that is a lot of pressure to then provide if they're, then the market stores are going down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, we felt it. We felt, you know, because the markets was a very good living. You know, we used to earn really good money back in the day and uh, for for that time. And um, it just stopped. Yeah. And this was in Leicester, right? In Leicester, yeah. Yeah. It was the, actually the biggest permanent market in Europe. Um, so the hustle and bustle and the atmosphere was amazing, you know. But you don't realise it at the time. I look back now and think, wow, what an education I had, you know. Yeah, before social media, before anything, it was just before like mobile that, phones. Yeah, that no was mobile where it all phones. happened. You know, if you had a meeting with someone, you can't cancel. You have to turn up. Yeah. Um, you can't put it back. You got you, no way of contacting these people. You know, it's, it was weird, but but that's how life was. And yeah, uh, and that's like business education, isn't it? It's like showing up, so, yeah. being prepared, like not you know being on time. I mean, showing up in England is a lot easier than showing up in Ibiza, because you know. <laughs> yeah. So thank goodness for mobile phones because <laughs> I very often have to put meetings back in. So yeah, but yeah. But you've earned it. You've earned well, it. I, I, I guess so. So you're 26 years old mm. with Dwayne and your wife, and then you go to Tenerife. Yeah, and, and then we we had Sean. We had Sean before we went to Tenerife. So I had two children when they went to Tenerife, and um, yeah, we sort of felt the heat in Tenerife, and it didn't really work out. And um, 
So I was working every night and in the bar atmosphere and, you know, it was difficult. Um, and so when you went, you got, arrived in Tenerife and did you go to Tenerife with the vision of, I'm going to set up a bar, this is what I'm going to do? Or did you go there and think, let's just figure it out as I go? I had the maddest vision you will ever oh even God, imagine. It was, it, was, it was incredible. So I was very nervous about coming to Tenerife. I've sold all my businesses. I sold my house. I sold everything. I, I think I had 40, 42,000 quid. Um, I amassed out of what I'd, what I'd got at that time. And um, so it's a very big thing for me. It's, you know, it's like make or break. And um, anyway, two weeks before I went, uh, my flight, and I arranged every, all my, everything to go to Tenerife. And um, I was going for a sausage and tomato cob in a cafe, Cafe Rialto it was called. And, um, and I was halfway there. And I could take you to the very tile I stood on. And I had this mad vision in my head. I'm like, I was thrown back by it. I was like, whoa, what's that? I saw this, I saw this bar with three round windows in it. And inside the, inside the bar was all these pictures of footballers and this, that, and the other. And I could see the tables. I see someone behind the, behind the, behind the bar on the mic. I see all the bottles. I could see everything. I could see the two front doors. But I seen it, a hundred percent. And I said to my dad, I, said, I went up to dad. I said, I've just seen my bar. He's like, what? And um, so I told him what happened. He went, you're crackers. I said, I'm not. I seen it. So that was that. Anyway, I sort of, I sort of forgot about it. And um, when I went to Tenerife, and um, I was there for probably four to six weeks, and I couldn't find a, I couldn't find anywhere. And I was really upset and I phoned my dad. I said, what am I going to do? I think I'll make the biggest mistake of my life. He's gone, stick it out. You've, done, you've gone this far, stick it out. And um, so, so yeah, that's what happened. So anyway, I get a phone call from an estate agent called Bill. He went, all right, wait, it's Bill. I'm an estate agent. I went, all right, Bill. He said, I think I found a premises for you. I said, okay, where is it? He said, it's in a place called Starco, which is one of the two places I wanted to be. I said, okay, cool. I said, I'll see you there at four o'clock. I walked there, and he's got, from the outside, he'd gone, I went, where is it? He went, that's it, three round windows. I'm like, what, three round windows? I've gone, oh my God, I love it. He said, you've not seen it? I said, no, I love it, I want it. Yeah. He said, do you not want to see it? I said, I want to see it, but I love it. He said, he, he couldn't understand. So I walked in there, and the shape of the building was the same as my vision. And by the time I'd done it all up and this, that and the other, it was exactly as I've seen in my vision. It was the maddest thing. It's magic. Mag magical. And um, so that was sort of, I was destined for this. I knew I was destined for this then. And we opened and it, it just went crazy. Um, and we had to move from that premises to a bigger premises a year later. And uh, yeah, there's um, certain things that we did that I think changed the game a little bit, you know. Because people, you, and that in that time, the security was very, very aggressive. You know, people were getting drunk, people were throwing them out and kicking them out, beating them up. And I'm like, this is not right. How do you take everyone's money and then throw them out to get drunk? And then nobody was allowed to dance on a table or on a chair or on a bar. So I turned it all around. I thought, let's let people do what they want to do. If they want to dance on the bar, get them on the bar. If they want to dance on the seats, get them on the seats. And um, and the security I, I employed were were very nice, very calm. 
And it just went, it just went what we call now viral. Everyone was like, oh my God, you got to go to Linux. It's amazing. They let you do what you want. And, um, and yeah, it just went absolutely crazy. And I'll say to this day, Linux Tenerife was the busiest bar in the world ever per square meter. It was ridiculous. Seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, and that's, that was the start of my journey. But yeah, it just went mad. And, um, yeah, I think that was the reason because I saw a gap. I thought, this is not right. We need to change this. And um, why everyone was being throwing people out, being aggressive, and this like that we were just letting people do what they want, and it worked. Yeah, it totally worked. And so at this time, this is you said that you, your relationship with your wife fell apart, didn't it? Yeah, it fell apart. You know, I was working. I was working. I literally did everything. I did the banking. I did. The, I did the staff rotor. I did. I did the tills. I did. I did everything. I did the DJing. Um, yeah, I did the stock, everything. everything. I was like 16 hours a day working, but I enjoyed it. And uh, but it obviously took its effect on on my marriage. And yeah, and uh, and so did you stay in Tenerife, and she moved back to the England? Yeah, she moved back to England, yeah. um, and then I I brought my two children up to Ireland. I brought them up myself. Um, they stayed with me, and uh, and how old were they at this point? I think Sean was. I think Dwayne was around six, and Sean was around four. How incredible. So they grew up in they Tenerife? They grew up with me, yeah. 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 How magic. Well, part-time in Tenerife in England yeah. and, uh, yeah, because I went in the winters, I sort of went back and they did a bit of schooling in the UK and, uh, but yeah, they grew up with me, which was nice. Brilliant. And so from starting uh, Linicus, was did you ever have that feeling like, this isn't going to work, I can't do this? Or did you always know that once you'd seen your vision that it was just going to, if you keep going, it will, it will happen? Yeah, I mean, like I say, there was a time, there was a time when I thought I made a big mistake. Yeah. You know, I gave up a good business and even though it was a failing business at that time, um, I started regretting it. And like I say, I called my dad and yeah. and he blessed him and he backed me up and said, no, you stick to your guns, keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah amazing. So you're 26 You've launched your business. It's all going well. What then happens after that? It just evolved, really. I mean, we started opening more Linicas everywhere. One in Gran Canaria, one in Magluf, one in... And was it still basically you on your own building yeah, the empire? Yeah, that was just me, yeah. yeah. Um, and then and then eventually a man called Tony Truman approached me yeah. and said, because he lived in Ibiza, and, um, and he said, we need to open Linicas in Ibiza. So I flew over to Ibiza and met him and we chatted and we found the premises and we opened Linicus Ibiza and that was the start of my Ibiza journey. Okay. Um, so yeah, we, we opened Linicus, it was hugely successful. And um, yeah, that was the start. And then, and then that evolved into, uh, that was in 2008 we opened Linicus. And in 2012, I got a phone call again for Tony Truman. We sat we sat about talking this a few a few months before in a in a pool in Marbella, funny enough, because I had a Linicus in Marbella. Um and uh we said he said we need to open the beach club in Ibiza. I said, Yeah, we do. And um and that's what happened. And then he called me um while I was in Ibiza and he said, Well, I think I found the premises and um so I said, Okay, cool. So where is it? He said, meet me there in five minutes. And um, he told me where it was. And I went. And at that, it was just a, it was a Spanish family's wedding venue. 
that were they were getting to the end of their career. They didn't the 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 heart wasn't in it anymore. They just wanted to sell up, and um, yeah, and there it was. It was just an old wedding venue, just complete grass everywhere and plastic tables. Yeah. And um, and did Tony paint the vision for you? Because no, he's we so both, visual. It, we both did. We sat up there and we went, "Oh my God, this is um, this is incredible." And then obviously we took ideas from Vegas and very famous beach clubs across the world, and we sort of put it all into one. Um, and then yeah, we sat. I, I remember going to to the design company and with Tony and my son Dwayne and started designing it and it was very exciting times very exciting and how old was Dwayne at this point Dwayne would be 2012 he would be around what is he now 39 he'd be around 28 yeah and so w him growing up had he always been part of the the Lineker's brand we've always worked together no, Dwayne went to college in in America a golf college in America um, I actually bought him um I bought him fake Tests, fake exams, exam results. <laughs> it cost me three hundred quid because he had to get these exam results. But he wasn't at the age where he wanted to. He, he taken his exams, so I bought them a, about six months before. So he got his exams. He went to America, and then um, and then it didn't really work out for him. The golf. I mean, he was he's amazing player. He's a scratch golfer, but it wasn't quite for him. So then he wanted to come into the business, yeah. and then I went to prison. Yeah, 2006. Yeah, and then, which yeah. Dwayne was then, been working for me for, or with me for a couple of years, and um, he had to take control of everything. And I think that's that was the creation of Dwayne. Of him, yeah. yeah, being the... Yeah, being, you know, because he was very young. I mean, he had to, he had a responsibility where people, he was telling people what to do, and they weren't taking any notice of him because they were like, no, he's too young. Um, so he came to me, I think I was in prison at the time, and he said, Dad, it's, it's really difficult for me. Nobody's respecting me. So I, I made a few calls, and and um, I told him to stick it out. And, and now he's, he, he's, the, he's the boss. He's he the is boss. the boss, yeah. So let's not skip over that prison part, because you were actually in prison for two and a half years, weren't you? No, I got two and a half years sentence, um, which was ridiculous. It was for £80,000 worth of tax tax fraud. Uh, defrauding the government of tax, um, but I was declared that I was. They were saying it was three hundred eighty thousand pound. I used to send people home to England and with money on the plane and stuff like that, and blah blah blah. And uh, anyway, to cut a long story short, I got done for eighty grand worth of tax. But because Gary was so famous then, they made an example out of me, and the judge didn't like me. Didn't like my lifestyle. And he, he gave me two and a half years, which was absolutely ridiculous. And for someone else, would they maybe have just got a slap on the wrist and a fine? No one's ever been to prison for two, for, for 80 grand's worth of tax. No one, not one person. But I got two and a half years, which is ridiculous. So, um, but it is what it is. And uh, How long did you serve in there? I, well, because it was so ridiculous, we, t we took it to the Court of Appeal and we won. Um, and I won and they let us out. But that process took seven and a half months. So you were in prison for seven and a half months. Yeah. So I was in prison for seven and a half months. We won. We won the through the court of appeal, and they released me. Um, but it's something I would never change. Yeah. The experience was incredible. Yeah. What was Even, it like as in there? As, it, as bad as it was at the time, it was. Uh, it's an incredible experience to see what actually really goes on in there. You know, there's some bad stuff going on in there. Yeah. 
You know, I think there was a kid who drowned his baby in the bath in a scalding water. And that was at Brixton Prison. And um, and the whole prison went silent when this kid come in. And all the, what they called screws, the officers, yeah. they just disappeared. This kid went in the shower and he got absolutely battered. Um, so, yeah, just stuff like that you see and like, wow. Yeah, like stuff that you think, oh, that must be only for the movies is actually real life. Yeah, I mean... It was, you know, I had a few experiences myself in there. You know, I thought I was going to get stabbed, and um, yeah, but yeah, for some a couple of a couple of guys asked asked me for a picture, and I said in the prison because at that time, it was, mobile phones had just started coming out, and Facebook was on, and I said no, I said no, I can't take a picture of me. He said, listen, my girlfriend wants a picture of you. You're going to give us this. I'm like, I don't want to take a picture, but I'm in prison. No, but I mean, it's not a good look for me. He went, you've got no choice. So he said, come with me. And so I'm like, the two of them, big guys. So I went in this in their cell and they said, right, let's take this picture. I went, okay, can I take it against the black wall, against the white wall there so nobody knows where I am? Even though I had the prison like, tracksuit on and all that. So anyway, he goes in his pocket. He went, all right, then. I think he's getting a knife out. He got his phone out. He went, okay. I'm like, you know, I'm like, Jesus. So, yeah, that was a bit of an experience. But, um, but yeah. So, even in prison, you uh, still ask people, still yeah. want selfies with you? I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, I, don't, I don't like saying the word famous, but I wasn't nowhere near as known as I am now. But it was still news when I went in there, because Kusum, of my Gary's brother. Yeah. Um, but that's changed now. I've sort of made my own, made my own impact on the world, and uh, which is nice. But yeah, at that time, so yeah. I mean, I, I walked out of the prison, out, out of the courtroom, and into the security van. You know, so you're handcuffed in there. You go, you go into this this security core van with you know you've got a little tiny room. Have you seen them security core vans with the windows in? Yeah. So inside there, so you you've, you're just standing up in this little thing, going to Brixton Prison. So, and you chain to the you chain to the um, to the to the handle of the door, and um, and and the, there's about seven of us in there. We all had our own little cubicle. I'm like, oh my god, this I can't believe this is happening to me. And um, I remember the driver said, "All right, guys, do you want some music on?" And I'm like, I can't even I can't listen to anything right now. I don't want to music. They were going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, they're obviously used to this sort of stuff. And um, so he turned the radio on, and it's first thing on the radio, Gary Lucas' brother sentenced to seven, two and a half years in prison. I'm like, oh, my God. So, yeah, it was a horrific moment. But um, And then I went to Brixton Prison, and I was three weeks in there, four weeks in there. Because you, you're held there, and that's a, called a holding prison. And then you get released to what's called a DCAP, which is like an open prison, which was, which was a breeze, really. But the first four weeks were very tough. And being incarcerated, coming out, what lessons do you feel that you learnt from that? Um, well, I learned to respect fresh air. I learned to respect the tiniest things. Yeah. You know, driving down the road, it, sitting in traffic. And this is amazing. Yeah. I want to sit in traffic. Yeah. You know, all sorts of silly stuff like that that you that's taken away from you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go to the shops. You can't do this, you can't do that. And all them little things are like, so amazing you know even just go to the local corner shop and, and buy a packet of crisps was so yeah. amazing 
because um, seven and a half months is a long time. Yeah, long time. And, um, yeah, so, yeah. Just the gratitude for life, yeah. I say out loud, you know, you, you, you sort of, it fades away after time, but you realise at the time how amazing life is Yeah. on the outside. Yeah. You know, to what it is on the inside. And I was sentenced right in the start of the summer. So all my bars were packed. <laughs> you know, everything yeah. was going on. I was going to have the time, I was going to have the summer of my life. And... Did you expect to be sentenced? No. 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 So it was like, you're there, you're going down, and then that's it, everything. Yeah, I mean, you've it's, it's ridiculous that I got sentenced. Absolutely ridiculous, but it is what it is. Yeah, everything. But like I say, I wouldn't change yeah. it now. Exactly, exactly. And that's maybe that was for, for Dwayne to have his moment to Maybe that was, his... yeah. Because Dwayne is unbelievably inspirational. He's, he's, he controls the whole businesses. He, all the back end, what we call the back end, you know, the mechanics of the business. It's, you know, it's a smooth operation and his best friend, George, is, is, is now general manager of Ocean and they grew up together at three years old in, Ocean, in, in Tenerife. Dwayne was best man at his wedding, George's best man at Dwayne's wedding. And now George and Dwayne basically run the whole operation. Um, you know, George is the manager, but Dwayne's, you know, Dwayne's taught George everything he knew and, and Ocean is a fine machine. It's it runs it runs smooth as clockwork every day. You know, we've got so many managers in different positions and you know, there's a lot of money turning over and a lot of accounts to do and a lot of lawyers and this and that. You know, it's a big it's a big business. You know. So they, they basically they do all the work and I take all the credit. <laughs> but you turn up, I know that you go there every single day. Is that right? Not, unless I'm unless I've been to Glitterbox tonight. <laughs> so on a Monday, don't go to Ocean on Monday because you're probably not there. I might see me in a couple of hours. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like to go. I mean, people like to see me there. They like to have the pictures, and um, which I, I, you know, it's nice. You know, people say, does it drive you mad? People asking pictures all the time. I said, it will drive me mad with a stop. Yeah. Well, I've heard that basically, if you haven't been to Aretha, if you haven't had a picture with Wayne like that is the news on the street that's uh, and that's I've what they said that you are the most photographed person ever I believe that I could be the most requested photographed person ever I mean it's probably around 300 a day now 300 pictures a day, a day yeah. seven days it's a week it's just a thing now um it's got so crazy you know like if a hen party's coming they always have a bucket list and number one is always picture with Wayne Lineker, yeah. always. You know, all these, you know, everyone has a dare to do in Ibiza. It's always get a picture with Wayne Lineker or get a kiss off Wayne Lineker. Or, or get a cup, get an orange or cup. Get, or, <laughs> or steal an orange yeah. cup, yeah. But yeah, it's crazy, really. But but I enjoy it. It's, but nice. it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. It's like you've created, it's like you're the the ringmaster of your circus and you come in and everyone's like, there he is. And it's just brilliant. I, I class myself like Mickey. You know, when you go to Disneyland. Yeah. The Mickey Mouse comes out of the crowd and everyone's like, there it is. They're all pitched with it. That's basically me. Yeah. I am I am Mickey Mouse. Yeah. But do you love that? Yeah, of course. It's like you're it's like your the Wayne show without having to do all the back hard work. Yeah, that's done. Nice. Yeah. I mean, obviously I did I I laid the foundations yeah. to, to what we're doing now. Um, um which, you know, I'll always take with me. Yeah. Um but I've stepped back now. I've got my son I've got I've got Sean as well, we're the son and we're opening a new business together. In a few weeks' time, which opens in about ten days, um, which is called Big Putts, um, which is a mini golf theme. Um, doing it with Callum Best, Sean, and myself. 
and two other partners. And um, yeah, that's going to be really, really good. Um, so yeah, like I say, I've laid the foundations, and and but my 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 children are are reaping the rewards because of the hard work they're putting in. You know, um, and and it helps me. Yeah. You know, you have four children. Four. How old is your youngest? My youngest is Freddie, which is an up and coming DJ. He's doing really, really well. He played at Eden last week, oh, and so proud um, of him. yeah, he's doing really well. Um, because they're all of them, and Tia, they're all on so entrepreneurial, and have got this. Yeah. It's like they've seen you, and whether you know it or not, to be such an inspiration for them. Because they're like, I can be, do, and have whatever I want, and they've from such a young age. I remember watching Tia on Instagram. Being she a is child, amazing. and then she now she's built absolutely this amazing. empire. Yeah, she's so. so just, I'm so proud uh, of her. It's just so inspiring. Yeah, she's so. Thing with Tia is she's she's done it her own way. Yeah. She's always stayed strong with her brand, her fashion, 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 fashion. She's never posted anything of her going out or anything. That, it's always to do with fashion. And slowly she's built up, built up such a great following. Yeah. And such a great fan club. I mean, I get people every day come up to me. Oh my God, I love your daughter. Your daughter's amazing. We buy this because your daughter wears it. And, um, but she's so humble, so so gracious, and and now she's giving me my first grandson, Alba. So yeah, I'm very lucky. Do they ever come to you for advice? Like, do they say, right, Dad? Like, I want to do this, but I'm not sure where to start, or I feel nervous. I mean, yes, but. The main advice from the family is given by Dwayne, really. He's the father of the relationship, and I'm the son. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're a very, very close family, and uh, obviously I've got my two granddaughters. Mine are my first granddaughter. She's amazing. Me and her are like best friends. And then we've got Aria. They're just so beautiful, and I'm very, very, very blessed with it. Dwayne and Megan have, have brought them up so well, and... You know, it's here, Harry bringing up Alba so well. And, you know, it's just, I look back now and I think, wow. Yeah, so that's your legacy. I'm so lucky. That's yeah. what you created. And, and it's just kind of the beginning, really. Like, there's still such young families creating such, you know, new life. There's going to be so much more. Yeah. So we're very lucky. I mean, Freddie's going to be a DJ. Oh, be my dream to have a DJ son. Oh, my God, I know. You'll be like 80 next to him in the DJ box going, go on, He's doing so well. It's I mean, just he's, brilliant. He's took to it so well. Um, you know, if I'm up, I think, but just four months ago, Dad, I want. Can you buy me some decks, please, Dad? I really want to do this. I'm not pretty. It's not. It's not a toy. Yeah. You know. And it's hard work. You know, it's really All hard. All he's done is, he's everywhere he goes, he takes the DJ, his decks with him. Yeah. And um, whether it's come to my house or for a few days, he'll bring his decks and he'll practice and he'll practice. And he's learnt it so well. You have to be a natural to be, but he's always loved music. It's always love music, so I'm very, I'm very pleased for him. He's going to do really well. Is he going to play Ocean? I'm hoping he's going to play closing parties. Oh my say god, yeah. that would be amazing! I've told him if he works hard enough through the summer, and because yeah. he's start, he's getting a residency at Ithaca this year, yeah. uh, which is one of our bars, and uh, so he's going to be playing there. So yeah, that'd be nice. Wayne, you are a huge advocate for the Down syndrome community. Where did all this begin? Yeah, my journey with Down syndrome started around 20 years ago with a woman called Lynn Lynn Rowe. She had a son, uh, she had a adopted son um, with special needs called Ben Ben Rowe, and he had he had leukemia and also Down syndrome. So she reached out to me, and um, her story was amazing. You know, I'm like, I've got to help these people. 
So we did a, we, um, I decided to do a concert because he couldn't go on holiday because he was, he couldn't catch colds or something like that because it because his immune system was so low. So it's very, very worrying for his parents. So she said, our dream is to have a, a, static, a caravan that they can take and just be on their own and go to parts. And so I said, let's, let's try and get you one. So I held a concert and I would tell two, one in Manchester, one in London. All celebrities came and they sang and this, that. And then we raised enough money to buy them a beautiful uh, caravan. And uh, but I used to go to the hospital. We had tubes up him and, you know, it was just, and he had Down syndrome and, you know, and he was just so happy, you know, which, which they are, aren't they? And then, so that was that. And, and that really took my heart into um, the beautiful, beautiful Down syndrome people. You know, and then Victoria came into my life, Victoria Bowman. Um, she came, uh, again, a random message from her sister saying that Victoria would love to come to Ocean Beach, it's her dream. So I said, let's make it happen. And, um, and she came and she, she had two Down syndrome friends as well, which lived all in the same house with, with Emma, his, her sister. And um, so all four of them came and a few of their entourage and and um, I said, because she didn't want to be in the crowds, so I said, we'll open, we'll open the beach club a day early for you. They're like, what? I said, we'll open it up a day early. So we opened it and um, I got all the staff there, they gave them champagne on arrival, got the DJ playing some songs, and, and they, they literally had the best day of their life. And I just thought it was so beautiful. And then, yeah, it was an amazing, special day. And um, yeah, we went out after, we went to Itzika and... Yeah, they had the time of their life. And then we just became really close friends. Yeah. And now they come every single year to Ocean and and uh, Victoria's like a little superstar now. Yeah. And then we released a song last year. Um, it's called Better Together. And did quite well in the charts. Did um, did really well. And uh, we did that with Clark King. And Victoria was a rapping. Because yeah. she used to rap, <laughs> messing about. Used to rap. Yeah, yeah. I said, I'm going to make you a rap star. She went, oh. <laughs> so we made her a rap star. And uh, yeah, she she was rapping in the song, and um, yeah, went to recording studios to to film it, and and then we came, they came to Ibiza to make the video. Um, yeah, it was, it was special, and now we're just really, really very very close, especially with her sister Emma, who's amazing, you know. So yeah. And did Ben survive his living Ben's, Ben's still alive now. Oh, he's, amazing! He's 19, nineteen, I think. Incredible. Yeah, we're still close. Yeah. Yeah, I went to see him a couple of years ago. We went bowling and... Yeah. Brilliant. We'll be kids. Is this something that's really important to you, having, like, kind of access in your venues for people with disabilities yeah. and differences? I mean, I've, I've got um, a, a close friend of mine as well called Louis Henry. He's got cerebral palsy. Um, he came into Lineker's one night in his wheelchair and he's, you know, he's, that's such a beautiful kid. And with, he's with his twin sister. She... She came out first, and and Louis was left in the room too long. He was starved of oxygen, um, so and which it, it led to him having cerebral palsy. But he's the most beautiful man, and we're best friends. We message all the time, and um, you know he's he's the cutest man you'll ever meet. And he comes every year. Now I'm arranged to meet him. To, his Craig David was his hero. He was playing at IB for Rocks one day, so I took him into the dressing room with Craig David, and. Um, He's like blown away. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, Craig David spent was really nice. Spent some time with him, and um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to to be able to give back, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I think people would look, you know, from Instagram, they see a beach, they see all these glamorous places. People, everyone looks so perfect, don't they? Yeah. You know that like this is the way you have to look when not if you saw behind the scenes. But it, so it's nice to know that actually everyone is Absolutely, welcome. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, people 60, 70, even as old as me come touching that. Um, you know, 70-year-old women, 80-year-old so women. So how old are you, Wayne? I'm um, 61. 61. I mean... Still a baby. But, babe, listen, 61 years young, right? Just, if you, if I think, right, I'm from a little village in Wimborne, Dorset, right? The 61-year-old people there are basically, in their mind, and the way they look on the way to death, like, they feel like life is over... <laughs> But it's not, and it's just, why do you think that you have, you are so, you may, you might be 61, but you're like in spirit, you're so young. I know the reason. Why? I know the reason for that. It's, it's because I am, I, people say, why, why, why are you not settled down with a 50 or 60 year old woman? Six, I, I don't, I don't surround myself as a 50 or 60 year old woman. I'm, I'm surrounded by young people all the time, you know, every day of my life. You know, I'm surrounded by 25, 30 year olds every day of my life. You know, so I think that's the answer why mentally I, I can't grow up. Yeah. I'm Peter Pan and all. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the reason because, I'm, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't go to the social club, do you know what I mean? And <laughs> play darts or cards or have a beer. It's not me. You know, I'm, 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 I'm partying. I've been partying for, what, look at all, 36 years now. And, um, and it's do, doing you really, really well. Yeah. I mean, my doctors or the doctors call me a medical marble. They, they don't <laughs> understand how I'm still alive. <laughs> but they're like, because I went to the doctors last year and, um, I, and I've got a doctor here that looks after me and he says, Wayne, I'm, I'm worried about you. Oh, really? Yeah, he said, I'm worried about you. So why are you worried about me? He said, I'm just worried about you. Let's do some blood tests. Let's do all your blood tests. So he's um, he's gone. So I'm like thinking, I'm in trouble here. He's obviously concerned. So I did all my tests, and then three days later, he calls me, Wayne, I've got the results, I need to see you now. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So, so he's got, I'm like, oh my God, he's gonna give me three weeks to live. He's gonna give me three weeks to live. So I've gone in there, he's threw the paper on the, on the desk. He's gone, you are a medical marvel. I went, what? He went, nothing wrong with you. Your your liver, your your heart, everything is perfect. I went, amazing. I went, I gave him a high five. I walked out. It was Kistry Tuesday. I went, I went to Kistry and got absolutely wasted. Oh God, yeah. But, it's just so but I thought he was going to give me three weeks to live. Yeah. I genuinely thought I'm in trouble. Yeah. And he's gone, medical marvel. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a mindset. I truly believe your mind keeps, you know, you tell your mind what you want your body to do and, and it, it listens. I mean, obviously not all the time, but, the, you know, your mind is so young and energetic and full of life and it is keeping your body I don't know what fabulous. I'm, I'm very blessed. <laughs> now, we have a really mutual friend called Alice and I uh, went for lunch with her the other day. Alice and Faith. Faith, yeah. And I was staying on and interviewing Wayne next week and he, she just went, he is a man that changes lives. And I went, what do you mean? She said, I owe everything to him. Without him, 
helping me when she was 25 and giving her the opportunity to have faith, her concierge company, she said, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, I saw, I saw what Alice came from love. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that in people. But she said that you, it's not just her. She said, anyone that you meet, if you see that spark in them, you're so good at I'll helping give them a people. Chance. Yeah. I will give them a chance, yeah. But I have to believe in them. Yeah. And I believed in Alice and I knew, I knew immediately that, you know, I got to know her over a couple of weeks and I thought, I need to open a business with this girl. I said, let's start doing villas and this, that, and the other. And so we opened, we agreed to open Faith, Faith Concierge. Concierge, yeah. And now Faith Concierge is huge. Yeah, it's massive. You know, all my partners are now involved in it. And um, yeah, it's done really, really well. And that that is because of Alice. Yeah. She's amazing. Why do you see that in people and help people? Like, you know, there's loads of, you know, very successful other entrepreneurs and they don't do that. Why is it that you would do that? I'm doing it for my own benefit too. Okay. You know, because I wasn't going to be a partner. I thought, this, this, she's a good girl. She's amazing. She's, she's different. Um, I want to set up business with her. Because um, concierge business is very difficult. You've got to have connections everywhere. You know, not just in villas, boats, clubs. You know, Alice already had that. And I saw that in her. And um, so I grabbed my opportunity and we opened a business. And now it's escalated into something yeah. very big. Just last week you had Megan McKenna here, didn't you? Megan. Yeah. yeah. Loving life. She's she's brilliant. Yeah, we got a lot of celebs now, Ocean and uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, talk to me through your COVID journey. So obviously, your life is out in the clubs. Everyone's there. You're living, breathing that life. When COVID happens for those two, roughly two years, what was your life like? What happened? Disastrous. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, it absolutely killed us to bits. Yeah. You know, we're talking about, I don't know, 20 odd businesses, all all hospitality, all ruined. You know, you've all still got bills to pay in all of them. And yeah, I completely, completely wiped me out, to be honest. And for your own mental health, how was that? I'm I'm very strong mentally. I'm, I'm, I can seem to get over anything, but um, it was very difficult, but it never affected my mental health. It just, it just made me upset and sad and to think how this thing could just take away, not just not just my life, but everyone's life. You know, people can't go on holiday anymore. I walked into Ocean, this was 2020, I walked into Ocean after he called quarantine on a Tuesday, Kistri, 7 p.m. You walk in Ocean at 7 p.m. now, or in 2019, it's just a sea of people. They're all up in the air. They're all they're all drunk. They're all having the time that the music's blaring. Everyone's jump. Everyone's on the on the yeah. On the it's going off. It's going yeah. off yeah. like like a Paris would say, yeah. shoes in a mosque. But, um, <laughs> but it was amazing. And um, and I walked in there. There's 14 people in there. Two beds taken, and there's 200 beds there. There's two taken. You know, it absolutely. I'd, I'd go in my car I cried oh it's like but not for me yeah. for people you know like not having that great time anymore you know it was taken away from them and you know it was just so sad yeah and people you know live for the holiday like that you know, their life is saving up for the holiday saving up for the bed like that that is that a life changing experience that they wait all year for yeah, and it's it was, just it was completely uh, incredible disaster but um 
But yeah, I mean, we're back now and, you know, I mean, what was COVID? Where did it go? Okay, what I... what, what, <laughs> let's not go into that subject. nothing. No, I don't want to talk about COVID, but it's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we were completely battered. All my businesses, Linicus, Itzica. Everything. Bambacoo, Ocean, all, all of them. Yeah. Have you ever failed at business, Wayne? Yes. Tell me. I no. feel like no, you're just <laughs> no, like I, I everything's got, so... I got into a social media project that okay. w- w- turned out to be a disaster and... um yeah, that was the one regret of my life. But um, but I, I put my trust in someone and it completely took the piss out of me and oh, okay. stole from me and this, that, and the oh, other. And no. the business went down and, yeah. And I was left with a lot of egg on my face, a lot of people who had debts and, it's, yeah. Oh, it's horrible. So, yeah, once that, that was the main time. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, not nice. But you, it's like... It's like there's always has to be peaks and valleys, you know, and so it's like I mean, what you've created is so amazing. Yeah, I, it was so bad that I lost everything. So yeah, I lost everything. And uh, when was this? Two thousand six-ish. Okay. Oh, oh gosh, it's two thousand and six. You're in prison. Social media, not a good time. Let me get this right. Yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand ten. That's hard time. Yeah. Okay, and. Lost everything. But yeah, lost everything, and um, I mean, I still have my businesses, but you know, personally, I'd lost a fortune, and uh, but yeah, we bounce back. Yeah, always. Yeah, it's not how many times you fall down; it's how many times you get back up, right? So, Wayne, you are so confident and self-assured. Yeah, I you guess are, so. Yeah. Right? Have you first of all have you always been like that, and second of all, what makes you? What gives you that confidence? Um, I don't know. I guess it's something that's that not you're born with it, that you grow up with. Yeah. Like as I say, as working on the markets at twelve years old, you know, I was a, I was a little rascal, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was always very confident, and being able to shout fruit and veg at at, t- at twelve years old, yeah. you know, I think that's played a big part really in my confidence. You, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I believe in myself and. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. What can I say about my own confidence? But I guess I am a confident yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. But it's so nice. I'm confident with women as well. <laughs> Don't always work, but well, but at least you try. Sometimes a bit too overconfident. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And that, and do you believe like you've got such self belief in yourself? And have you always had that as well? Like you know who you are. Yeah, I guess I, I'm, I've always I've always believed in myself. Yeah. I think it's very important. So important that you believe in yourself. As soon as you start doubting yourself, that brings negative energy into your life. I think because I'm so not overconfident, I'm confident, but it just brings positive energy around me. Um, so I believe. Are you good at like using your intuition to kind of, you know, you walk into a room and you can just feel like bad energy. Do you feel that? So good. At that. Yeah, I knew you would be. Yeah, you're just instinct, instinctual. Indeed, yeah. I mean, I've made mistakes with people in the past. Um, I used to think I was a good judge of character. And now I know I am because I wasn't then. And I learned the hard way. But, um, but yeah, I can sense bad energy immediately. Yeah. Feel it. Immediately. I know. I'm exactly the same. Oh, me too. I love happy people. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, there's people have sad situations in their life, which, which, you know, it's totally understandable. 
But in general life, you've got to be positive. Yeah. You, you just have to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to believe in yourself and, uh, and just believe in your dreams, you know, believe in what you c you're capable of. And, you know, my, my journey's been amazing, you know, really has. But it's had its, it's, had its, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah, of course. But it's been a good one. Yeah. And do you now, like, you know, now you're older and, you know, you remember you having that vision. Do you still have visions of, like, what's like the next part of your life or maybe you know the girlfriend you're going to have you still see those visions not not in my personal life really only in business um because my personal life never seems to work out the way it wants to because <laughs> uh, i'm you know i've had several girlfriends and it's never it's never progressed really to what i want but it's probably my fault but yeah um in business i do yeah. in personal life I've gave up. I'll just see where. I'll see where. Would you like to, like, you know, you're only 61, 61 years young, right? Still a baby. Still a baby. Would you like to settle down again? Eventually, yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm ready now. Um, it's just very difficult to be my girlfriend, isn't it? The thing is, but I, I get it, but you, what you need is a confident girl yeah. who just allows you to be you and loves you for just being well, you I'm and not want to change person, you. Like having my last relationship with Daniel, you know, we spent every minute together. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed it and I loved it. You know, but to find that again is very difficult. Um, and you were with Daniel for four years, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will, I, I, I think I will find it, but uh, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult, but um, that's what I ultimately want now. I want to, I want a travel companion, and I want, you know, I want, I want to see the world, and I'm at that time of my life, you know. I don't want to do this every day, no. but what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm not going to sit in in my part in my in my house and just watch, watch loose women, or loose women, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I say. in the middle yeah. of the day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, no, I get it. So I. And I enjoy my work. You know, my work is incredible. You know, what I have to do is, you know, I'm super blessed and um, I enjoy every minute of it. But I'd like, I'd, I'd like to share my life with someone. Yeah. I'm sure your family would like to see that for you as well. They certainly would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want to see it more than me. <laughs> Megan, like, so this lovely girl? Yeah, I get it. I get, I get that. What? They're like, Dad, please just settle down now. Just settle down, find yourself. But I'm sure so you go, would if you met the right I said, one, go right? Go find me one. Yeah. Go find me someone. It's different. What about going on? Um, Ray, is it Raya? You know, like the dating site for celebrities. Yeah, I, I can't do dating <laughs> sites. Yeah, I don't. I don't do them though. But um, yeah, I mean, Instagram's a dating site. Yeah, that's what it is basically. It's a dating site. So there's no better dating site than Instagram. Yeah. So I don't need to go on them proper dating sites. But and I've got Ocean every day, and you know. I've got a thousand girls, unique visitors, every day in bikinis. <laughs> Waiting for you, yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> what but would they're, your they're dream... all speak to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're all approachable yeah. for me. Um, what would your dream woman, let's let's manifest this now to, while we're here, because you so focus so much on your business, let's talk about like your dream woman, you, sat under your tree, What what is she, what's her personality like? Lively, but not over lively. Yeah. Confident. Yeah, I don't. I don't want someone that's party animal, because that's not good for me. Yeah. That would that that would end up wrong. Um, yeah, just someone confident, beautiful, classy, knows how to dress, knows how to eat, knows how to drink. Yeah. In moderation, and yeah, someone, someone like that. Someone who's ready for living. And a worldie. 
A worldie. What is a worldie? A worldie's a worldie, isn't it? No, you tell me. What is a ten? A ten. A ten. A well, yeah, because this is lad talk. Everyone, everyone, yeah, it's lad talk. Lad talk. But everyone's perception of a ten is different because everyone has different tastes. Of course, yeah. You know, so. A worldie. Yeah. Love that. I'm going to put that on my Instagram. You're a worldie, babe. Oh, honey, I'm a worldie. Look at you, you're a worldie. Oh, my God, I've made it. (laughs) But, yeah, I know. And also just someone who I think it's that they're so confident in themselves that they allow you to just be and just... I think to be confident in in my trust, because trust is the the biggest issue. I think as soon as you break trust, you've had it. You'll never get it back. So trust is trust is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. If they can trust me and I can trust them, you can go out with your girls. And are you trustworthy? I'm very trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I've never cheated on a woman in my yeah. life. Do you know what I used to do 10 years ago? I used to work in the club scene a lot in London for like three or four years solidly. And everyone was like, oh, you know, you're in that scene. You must be, you know, sleeping with different guys and doing this. But actually, it's the total opposite. When you're in it, you long for that comfy, cosy, stable. Yeah, I mean, people obviously a perception of me think I'm going home with different girls every night. It's just not true. No. I never go home with a girl. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not that guy, you know. People like think I am. Yeah. But, but I'm you, actually people, not. like twenty five year old guys look at you and be like, he's living the dream life. Like that's what they want. They, it's like their perception of what they think you are rather than what you actually are. I'm way grown out of the uh, one night stand thing. It's not for me. <laughs> that is not my bag. Yeah. No. Not anymore. No, I don't yeah, you know, never really was to be honest. <laughs> never. Um, Wayne, what does your perfect day look like? Fridays at Ocean. Oh, is it just the best? <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> I love Fridays. Fridays is the. It's always has been the, the. I mean, every day is special Ocean, but Friday is. I wake up. I always make sure I'm going to bed early on Thursday. Wake up. I dress nice. I go and have breakfast. I'm excited for the day. You know, I walk into Ocean and it's a vibe and yeah. everyone wants to say hello. And That's just so magical. That even what, So magical. How many years later since you opened Ocean? 11, 11. 11 years and you're still like, that is my most favourite day. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's literally amazing. Everyone dresses up on a Friday, mm-hmm. a little bit extra and, um, yeah, the class of people is just a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing day. I mean, they all are, but. You know, I mean, Kissinger's great, but, you know, it's a different vibe of people. They're, they're, they're lovely and amazing. They're, all, they're a bit more party for, party um, enthusiasts on a Tuesday um, and every other day. But Fridays, Fridays is the one, but that's my perfect day. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah, yeah. Unless I was on the beach in the Maldives with an absolute worldie. <laughs> a worldie who's staying with you. A long-term worldie. That's what we're going for. We'll see. Yeah, it'll come, of course. If you just think, I always think this, if you can manifest and visualise in one area of your life successfully, it's not that it doesn't work, it's just that you're not doing it in that other area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll happen when it happens and um, and I'll, I'll, I'll embrace it when it does. Would you have any more children? If I'm capable. <laughs> I, I, actually want, I, I actually think it would be quite cool to have a, a child younger than my grandchildren. Yeah, yeah, why not? Cool. Yeah. Get a lot the thing of li- is, you're so fit you get and healthy. Lot, you get a lot of likes on Instagram. <laughs> I'll call it Ocean as well. Oh my God, Baby imagine. Ocean. Baby Ocean. The Ode of Friday Nights Ocean. But yeah. But yeah, I'm, I mean... But you're open. I don't I don't expect to have any more children, but if if I was with someone that's never had one and wants one, yeah. we'll look into it. Yeah. 
but you're fit and healthy. You've got the, well, doc the doctor the said. Doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wayne, what is next for you? We just keep on doing what we're doing. Um, we're, we've we've been threatening with Dubai for a long time. We've lost a couple of venues, um, so it's been disappointing. But we now think again that we've found another one, and so I think Ocean Dubai is okay. Is, is, the, goal? is, is the goal for us okay. and, and our next step um, of going taking the brand worldwide. Yeah, um, we're looking at Bali and Vegas and stuff like that. So the the brand will expand. It's just not expanded as fast as we hoped. Um, not because of our, because of COVID and not because of our de determination, it's always there. Um, but because of COVID and because of a couple of things that let, that have been out of our hands in, in, um, in Dubai. Um, but it will happen and we're hoping that this time next year we will have an ocean beach in Dubai. In Dubai. And that's the next step, Dubai. Yeah. We're, that's our ultimate goal. I mean, we're, look, we're we're starting to get into all sorts of things now, but um, the ultimate goal for me is the Ocean Dubai. Amazing. So you have the summer here and then your winter in Dubai. Yeah, 365 pool parties in <laughs> 365 days. <laughs> oh, my God, imagine. Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> oh, yes. You, you I'm, already, I'm also already doing more pool parties than anyone else in the world, 150 a year. So, yeah. So to, but to do 365, I would... Uh, yeah. And what legacy do you want to leave? You know, imagine it's your, you're on your deathbed. You Let's say you're 120 because we've made it right. You're you old. You we're old. Yeah. I want to live to 113. I'm like, don't want to die young. So we're old. You're on your deathbed. Everyone, your family's around you. What, what legacy do you want to leave? What do you know that you want to have created and made a mark on this world? Um, I guess I just want my children to be secure and happy and, and my grandchildren to have, have a great life. I mean, Myla and Aria live in Ibiza and so will Alba now. All my three grandchildren, all the family are moving here. It's a beautiful place to grow up. Um, and if I can leave this world and they're all in a stable and happy place, and I think that's enough for me. I mean, I've always taught my kids to be humble. I think humble, humble is one, one thing I say to people in business, just be humble. You know, don't get in arguments with business partners because you never know when you're going to come back to them. You never know what's going to happen down the road. Just be humble, you know, just shake hands and say it's, you know. So I've always taught my kids to be humble and, they all, and they're all so humble, um, which makes me very proud because I'm a humble guy. If, if anything, I'm a humble guy. You know, I always speak to people, always be polite to people. You know, I'll never be aggressive to people or you just be nice in it. So, yeah. As far as legacy concerned, yeah, I guess all I want is that, really. Yeah. And you left and sprinkled magic on the world. <laughs> Sprink <laughs> Sprinkling magic everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm very blessed with my life. Yeah. And what is the, the best advice that you have ever been given and by who? Can you remember? Um... Just by my dad, really, you know, like I said, I go back way back to I was 12 years old, 14 years old, you know, he taught me how what the public want. You, you understand, he said to me, You understand what the public want, you're going to be all right. You make sure you look after the public because they're your income, they're your life. You make sure they're happy before you're happy, and um, which is what I've done all the way through. I've taught that, taken that from my dad, and um, yeah. 
So, yeah, I try to give people, I always have tried to give people what they want. So when I go back to when Lineker's, which is what I said about people dancing on the bar on the top. Yeah, yeah. That's what they want. Just let them do what they want rather than controlling them. Let yeah. them do it. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the, my, my... Your dad must be very proud. Yeah. Created two very, very successful yeah. men. He did all right, didn't he? He did all right. Bless him. But yeah, is he still a, here? No. No, he's passed no, away okay. Yeah. There's that one regret I have is not to... I wish I could go back and thank him, you know, because at that time you just don't realise and, um, oh. yeah. And did you not... Did you have a good relationship with him? Great relationship. Okay. We were very close. Yeah. But I never took that moment thanked him said dad thank you so much you know I wish I it was my one regret yeah you're amazing you're amazing <laughs> I have one final question for you and that question is what advice this is the question that goes to every single person who's on this podcast what advice would you give to your younger self <sighs> not to get so wasted all the time <laughs> just calm down Wayne just calm down but you just love it. Keep cool. You get excited, don't you? Keep cool. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Keep cool, Wayne. Don't Keep get cool. over it, Side. Don't get over. Yeah. Just yeah. Just make sure you look good all the time. Instead of this st stupid idiot at seven o'clock in the morning getting home from little box. <laughs> <laughs> but I told you. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that's. I mean, it's it's made me what I am today, so I can't really regret it, but I would have liked to change certain things in my life that that took me over the edge a little bit, yeah. got me a little bit too excited, you know, too much too much drink and you know. But it's in this environment it's difficult not to. Especially when you're single. Yeah. You know I'm, And also it's expected of you, right? You're yeah, you, people, I mean, people see you. Yeah, day, like, you know, you, I'm sorry, I'm on the water. It's not the Wayne that they want to see. Water. Yeah. You Wayne? Yeah. No, have a not back. Yeah. Tell this. And you don't. No, no, sorry. It, it's like. Yeah, it's like. Not. It, it's like a crime. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to see me sober. Yeah. They don't want to see me without a drinking hand. I get that. You know, but I do try. I do. I've calmed down a lot, especially this year. I'm, I'm quite proud of myself this year. Um. I've been very, very good, really. You know, but I've, over the over the years, I get a bit loose. But. Yeah. And and that if you could tell yourself one thing, is just take it easy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at that age now. I need to, I need to. Even though the doctor calls me a medical marvel, I need to, I need to calm down. And also, it's nice to feel so like good the next day. I love being fresh. Me too. Best feeling in the world. Yeah. So yeah, I lo I love to. Be and I'm waking up thinking that everybody else is like hungover. Two things that stop me being fresh seven days a week. And one is glitter box on a Sunday and two is defected on a Friday. <laughs> so I try and alternate them now. Yeah, yeah. So I'll either go to defected on a Friday. Yeah. Whereas I used to go to both. I'll go to one now. I'll go to defected on a Friday or I'll go to glitter box on a Sunday. But the following Sunday. Um, and every other day of the week I'll be fresh. But the following days after Glitterbox and Depicted, I, 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 I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. It's horrible. And the older you get, the longer it takes to recover. Yeah. It's like, it's a battle. Yeah. But I just love, I like, I like, it's so important. Like, you know, there'll be people that will be listening to this and go, oh my God, he's 61 and he's going to a nightclub. And it's like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, of course. Like, just because in your little village, you know, if you're over the age of 22, you're too old to be going out. Yeah. 
Like in Ibiza, we celebrate. You know, I want to be 88 years All old in Pasha. All the time. 40, 50 years old coming up to me and going, do you think I'm too old to be in the ocean? Yeah. I went, well, if you are, I'm banging trouble. Yeah. Domain. But it's this like judgment on like this is what you should be doing at this age. Ageism is a terrible thing. Yeah. There's no need for it. You know, let people enjoy their life whenever they want to do it, whenever they want to do it. That's it. Yeah, and don't pass judgment. Don't pass judgment. Right. Just be humble. Absolutely. Wayne, it is my biggest pleasure. I could talk to you, but I feel like I literally wanted this like, and about this and about this and about this. You've got so many stories and things, but um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for hosting us in this beautiful restaurant, Cheeky One. You're very welcome. Nice to see you.